a lot of times people don't realize that snoring is not, they think it's no big deal. It's kind of funny. Oh, she snores or he snores. It's really not. It's a really a big, serious problem, especially in our society where people think that snoring is, you know, not a very serious thing, but it doesn't mean they have sleep apnea, but it still means that there's limited airflow. And that's going to impact again, especially like a child who's got lots of growing to do and needs that good rest. And if she's not getting through the night with good night's sleep, then imagine that how it impacts her, you know, her daily behavior and not to mention her, her uh, ability to learn at school and things like that. Welcome to the Truth About Dentistry podcast. I am Dr. Peggy Bound, a successful solo dental practice owner in St. John, New Brunswick. After years of figuring out how I wanted to practice, I now run a fully digital clinic providing my own brand of dentistry on my own terms. It wasn't easy and I'm still learning, but I know I have so much knowledge to share. This podcast is created to help inspire young dentists or anyone looking to transition to a more digital practice. I aim to give you actionable step-by-step strategies to help you navigate the modern dentistry landscape. If you're looking to become more digital, improve your skills, or even have a more profitable practice, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get started. Welcome back. It's so nice to have you here. It's another week and hopefully I've been bringing you great content. If you know anyone, want to share this podcast with somebody who's in dentistry, please do so. It really helps me and helps, you know, our colleagues do better, try to do dentistry. What I feel is in a very ethical and conscientious way, looking after our patients first and trying to help represent our profession as a profession that cares and a profession that is very impactful in people's lives. So I just had to start with that. The reason why I may have also started with that is because today's episode is going to be about uh, early diagnosis and intervention for uh, in children, particularly children. Now we screen adults too, of course, but particularly in children for when you see and you do that clinical exam and, you know, we're doing our basic exam, we're checking for cavities and oral hygiene and things like that. But really, when do we and how do we check in on and become aware of or start to question the parents on something like airway? And airway is a very, I, for me, it's not a hot new topic because I've been doing airway for years, but, but it is becoming more and more aware, um, dentists are becoming more and more aware that they should be kind of looking at this. And so I just wanted to, uh, you know, bring this up as a topic. I'm not going to be going into really deep details of, you know, sleep studies and things like that today, but this topic actually came up more so because I recently had a patient come back in for her check and I was delightfully happy and Maybe I shouldn't have been surprised, but it's still always surprising that, you know, something you said, a conversation led to a a parent, you know, going along with what you suggest and then it actually working, you know, like that, that's a really good day, right? So she came in for her check. She had, she's been in treatment now for about nine months um, and it's making a huge impact. Uh, And so I just think this is a great topic for, especially if you're a young dentist and you haven't done a lot of uh, work in sleep medicine, or you haven't had a chance to take any of those courses, you know, you're doing checkups every day. And I want, I want all dentists to be making this part of our, you know, our screenings that we do, you know, we do oral cancer screenings, we do oral health screenings, we do medical screening, we do, you know, caries screening and, 
why not do or also airway screening and airway uh can be you know it doesn't mean they have sleep apnea it doesn't mean and this is where it always jumps especially for adults oh i don't have sleep apnea but i like to get into these conversations and honestly one of the other things i think it does is it really helps me form a value-added conversation with the parents and it's a it's a conversation that shows them that i'm looking at their child's whole growth and development, not just, oh, I'm here to just, you know, check for cavities. It's giving them a little bit more insight and they really, they wouldn't have them here if they didn't really want to help them. And we always do everything for our kids more so than we do it for ourselves. So if I'm going to recommend, or I'm going to have a deep conversation about airway with a parent, it's probably going to go a lot further and show up as a, as a very dedicated, educated professional that I am compared to if I have it, you know, with that adult who's been coming and, and they just don't want to really hear that they have a sleep problem. So we really have really, I love how engaged parents are. And particularly, I probably have, I hope anyway, some um, respect from both my parents uh, of my patients and also from the local ear, nose and throat specialists who I also work closely with to help me get the right treatment for these patients. So let's talk about this patient um, who came in. Again, she came in in August, this past August. It is now May, by the way. And uh, she came in uh, last year in August, and she came in just for her regular checkup. And there were some signs that I saw that, again, I'm always looking for this. I don't need to bring it up. Sometimes it's good to always just say, you know, how is she sleeping? How is he sleeping? That's fine. But especially if I see those things and I know, okay, the hygienist may even think, oh, this is going to be a simple exam. Peggy's going to come in and she's going to do the checkup, but it can turn into a more detailed conversation. And if it has to, maybe it does have to, they have to come back for consult. But usually with children, I don't make it a separate consult, but it can mean that your hygiene exam is going to take a little longer. And you also want to have your hygienist sort of trained and and like kind of setting this up too, because there may be some things that they can talk to the parent about before you even get in the room that would help save on the time. Because again, when we come in for an exam, we don't, you know, we don't have 20 minutes to talk, right? So, so this patient came in uh, with her mom and, you know, was doing her exam and it was really obvious that she she just didn't, I mean, not that she didn't look well, but she just, she, she seemed like not a normal kid for eight years old. And a couple of the other things that I noticed was, uh, when I looked at her, like facially, she had dark circles under her eyes. Uh, she had a very kind of narrow face. She had, um, she was like, I think again, I kind of have to think back here, but I don't want to like embellish, but let's say there were these symptoms of like, you know, she's, she's breathing through her mouth a little bit or her nose is not working. If you will, I always ask the parent, I'm like, does her nose work really well? Do you find she gets a lot of stuffiness? Is she allergic to anything? Does she have any asthma and things like that? And then when we looked in her mouth, we saw narrow arch forms, uh, crowding especially on the lower arch and a complete almost 100% overbite so this tells me that the lower jaw okay is trapped it's the upper jaw is fairly narrow as it is we've got one anterior tooth in crossbite and then we've got the rest is just a very deep bite actually it wasn't quite crossbite it was more like an end to end but you know she's in the very uh she's in the early mixed dentition and she's she has all of her um upper incisors and her first molars, but everything kind of else in between is primary teeth, right? So 
this is the chance that, okay, if we're going to look at, you know, improving uh, situation, now's the time to at least have a chat about it. Now she was eight years old at that point. Now she's nine now. And, uh, you know, I started asking the mom, you know, like, how does she feel? Is she tired when she gets up? Is she hard to get out of bed? Like a lot of kids, um, some kids are hard to get out of bed and they shouldn't be. A, a child should have energy. They shouldn't be dragging their feet. A teenager's a little different. They do need more sleep. And depending on how late they burn the midnight oil, they can have those problems. But a child of that age really should have energy. They should be going to bed at a reasonable time. And if they are, they shouldn't be waking up tired. So she was waking up tired. She was uh, not staying asleep at night. And uh, again, if you can't get into a deep sleep, then you're kind of a light sleeper and those kids can be really restless. They can wake easily and then they're just not getting a, a good night's sleep and probably either waking the parents up or they're coming into their room and whatnot. And then the other thing that her mom noticed was that she was a very, or when I asked, I guess, again, I, I asked because the parent doesn't know to say, huh, like my child snores a lot. Like, do you know anything about that? They're not going to ask you that. So it's always a question. We pretty much ask almost every child, but particularly children, when we see these signs and symptoms, other symptoms will say, you know, does she snore? Does he snore? So she did. She was actually a loud snorer. And, the, and their mother said that it was just, it was just crazy. Like you could, and I'm like, okay, yeah. So, so then I want to get into the conversation with her because, and I want to approach it in a way that is not to scare the parent or to just to, again, just get, ask more questions and also, um, look at the tonsils. Like maybe there's tonsillar tissue. Like I'll do uh, part of my clinical exam is to look at the tonsils. And, you know, we know from arch form being very narrow, deep bite, uh, not breathing through the nose very well. We know, um, also this, if you also have large tonsillar tissue, I'm going to also refer to the ear, nose and throat specialist. So I want these kids at least kind of put into an alert, like maybe the family doctor didn't notice that. And a lot of times, you know, family doctors and in, in, in our healthcare system, especially here in Canada, it, it's a bit overworked. And a lot of times we don't bring our kids for those, those regular checkups. And it may not be something that that family doctor was looking at. But when I did look at the tonsillar tissue, it was on the large side. So it was recorded in the, in the notes. So that was definitely, I'm going to ask the ear, nose and throat specialist because sometimes, you know, airway is not always just, you know, the, the size of the, the jaw, or the tongue space, the tongue volume space. It's also, you know, the back of the throat. So, so we did refer, however, we did not, um, get immediate. I mean, our ENTs have been backed up quite a bit since, since COVID. So it doesn't mean that she's not going to get in, but in the meantime, what can I do and how can I educate mom? The next thing I did was look at where the teeth were. So we took a panoramic x-ray. We wanted to see uh, development of the roots and things like that. And I wanted to see how large the tongue is. Sometimes, again, the tongue can be very normal. But if the airway, if the arch forms, okay, and we look at arch forms when we have a, we do an itero or an, uh, you know, intraoral scan, a 3D imaging can be with any system. We can look at how the arch form is forming. Is it forming very narrow, V-shaped? Those types of uh, shapes can be obviously indicative. And we tell mom or the child, you know, listen, it's better to have like a much wider arch form. And that is something that maybe we can look at doing to help give your tongue more room and to help give your jaw the ability to come forward. Because if we expand the upper jaw, 
make it wider, then the lower jaw can come forward. And the lower jaw, the tongue is attached to the lower jaw, and that allows everything to come more forward and gives us more room at the back. So I explain it really in very simple terms, and I rarely, again, almost a parent has told me that they understood and they didn't. I, I really try to say it, explain it in layman's terms. And then I get a gauge as to how engaged or how concerned the parent is. And again, you're talking about children, so generally they are. Of course, they're going to take a referral to ENT. They're going to, um, you know, want to know more about what they can do if we can expand the arches. And like I said, I don't generally start Invisalign on a lot of my patients who are eight years old. But in this case, I felt that I could make a big impact. I knew there was going to be such, there was such a narrow arch form, there would be no room for the canines. And of course, she's, you know, she's a girl, so her canines are probably going to erupt at least by age 10. So if we can expand the arch forms, we're not only going to have better airway and improved, uh, breathing we're probably also just going to allow those canines just kind of drop down into place where otherwise they may end up ectopic or kind of off track do you want to become the modern dentist in your area our on-demand and live mentorship will help you stand out attract your ideal patients and build a niche-based practice this a to z training is for dentists and team who desire the digital workflows and skills to operate a thriving digital practice helping you stand out in a crowded market This course is the culmination of Dr. Bound's 20 plus years of experience in building a patient experience that patients will pay more for. Learn from our on-demand courses or receive a more customized experience with our mentorship program as we guide you through the curriculum. You can find out more from the link in the show notes. Or if you aren't quite ready to take the plunge, you can also find the link to our freebie consult photography guide, which will help you get the right shot on the... So she came in in early, uh, like a few weeks ago, I guess, and... Although I will say we have been monitoring her through what we call dental monitoring. Now I did another podcast episode on this and probably should do an updated one because it's been a couple years, but we monitor our patients through Invisalign uh, weekly through them scanning with, uh, you know, a software or AI called dental monitoring. And so she's been being checked. She hasn't been coming in every, you know, six to 10 weeks or anything like that. And she's been really on track and everything's going really well. But what made the difference, she came in for her nine month kind of recare or recall exam. And the mom is reporting already, and we're not done, of course, the mom has reported a lot less to almost to no snoring. She doesn't even hear her. She is, uh, doesn't have the dark circles under her eyes her overbite so i checked on the dental monitoring and her overbite is actually reduced by at least a millimeter again dental monitoring will track all this for you so you can see it'll measure it for you but just visually it looked like her overbite which was about 85 to 90 percent when we started is now at about 50 percent so you can imagine the there's a lot less uh, of trapping of the mandible which she's got the tongue with it her smile is broader and uh we have you know a lot more room for those canines to come in. So she's somewhere, you know, she's a little over nine years old now. And I know when the canines come in, we're going to have a lot more stability for that. So, but the, the key thing was, is that it was just so happy because the mom was saying how much better her daughter's doing in just from like a day-to-day energy level from uh, she's not snoring and she's just more rested and, you know, imagine like if I had not known to do that and she could have, that could have set her up with in a lifetime of waiting until it was too late. And now she 
you know, she develops sleep apnea or she has to have surgery. And I do it with Invisalign. I don't think you have to do Invisalign, but you really need to screen and you need to be aware of that. These are some of the things that we can, we can make, you know, kind of catch early and get our patients to the right people. Uh, and, and again, not everybody is that concerned about this, but I have seen, and she's not the only patient that I've seen, of course, great results with, but just, just being so fresh in my mind, I thought I would come on here and share this particular, uh, you know, story with you so that you can see that when you do your next clinical exam on your, on the children in your practice, you know, be looking for that and just ask the parents and the parents say, oh no, they sleep fine. They don't snore then fine, just let them grow um, a little more. But if the, if you get a, oh yes, like they, she really snores, a lot of times people don't realize that snoring is not, they think it's no big deal. It's kind of funny. Oh, she snores or he snores. It's really not. It's a really a big, serious problem, especially in our society where people think that snoring is, you know, not a very serious thing, but it doesn't mean they have sleep apnea, but it still means that there's limited airflow. And that's going to impact again, especially like a child who's got lots of growing to do and needs that good rest. And if she's not getting through the night with good night's sleep, then imagine that impacts her, you know, her daily behavior and not to mention her, her uh, ability to learn at school and things like that. Okay. So I'm just going to break this down now to what, when you go in to do the exam, these are the things that especially I saw with this patient, but these are some key red flags. Now there's, of course, there's both signs and symptoms, right? So the signs, what are the signs? Signs are physical things that we see when we look in the mouth that should raise our awareness, should raise a red flag. A sign might be a very retrognathic, like her, like a convex facial profile. It can be that she's breathing through her mouth or he's breathing through it, their mouth. Their lips are really dry. They have uh, a deep bite. Maybe they actually have an open bite, whatever. They, maybe they have dark circles. Maybe they're really struggling as far, or maybe they're very underweight. Uh, it can be a lot of factors, but when it comes to just looking at them, if they've been scanned, you're going to see very narrow arches. You're going to see probably some crowding and just arch forms that are not, don't have any spacing. And we know with children, um, pediatric teeth, we know that arch forms are doing well when they're spacing, right? When there's teeth that are spaced apart. Now, as they start to get into early mixed dentition, yes, it can get a little crowded, but it shouldn't be a lot crowded and it shouldn't be a hundred percent overbite or deep bite, right? So these are the things that are the signs, the symptoms. And again, most parents will come in the room and the symptoms can be when asked, when you ask the parent, you know, do, do they snore? Do they have allergies? Do they have asthma? Do they get colds a lot? Do, are they sick a lot? Um, are they sleeping through the night? Are they uh, feeling rested when they get up? Are they having trouble concentrating in school? Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think of these as I go along here. But um, I ask a lot of those and it doesn't take very long. In fact, if you train your hygienist, well, sometimes my hygienist will come in the room and they have already kind of, cause they know me now and they've been working with me so long that they, they are also very alert to it. And as soon as they see those narrow arches and things like that in the scan and they see the child breathing through their mouth, now we can get into these conversations and we can see how engaged the parents are. And so 
At that point, I start to have the conversation about airway and about how it impacts sleep and how, you know, did you know that the shape of our, where our tongue rests and And that's another thing, you know, is the tongue, like when they swallow, is the tongue going up to the roof of the mouth or is it staying at the bottom? Where is the, um, you know, where's the parent at in like how they, what their understanding is. And if it isn't there, we can start to say, look, you know, we can actually guide the shape of the mouth now, which will impact the sinuses, will impact the airway. And, you know, how interested are you in, in us helping you with that? And just sort of get their permission first, get their gauge from that. And so, if I've looked at the tonsillar tissue, this is again, one of the, what I would call a sign, not a symptom. A sign is the tonsillar tissue is very enlarged. And in this case, sure, of course it was. So those are things you can create like little checklists with your hygienist and they can even have a lot of that looked at for you. So if they've done that and I've talked to the parent, I'm definitely going to get them, uh, I don't try to be the hero and try to solve all the problems. I want them to see an ear, nose, and throat doctor. And then I will also, if I can, if I believe the time's right. So again, I want to have upper four and lower four incisors present and the molars present. And a lot of doctors now who do Invisalign, some of them will do Invisalign first, or they will do the mandibular advancement um, appliance through Invisalign. I tend to do uh, the comprehensive, like I'll sign them up for a comprehensive right away because we can sign up for, you know, five years of coverage. So if you're talking about a child who is like eight or nine years old and we're going to have aligners, we're going to have the ability to keep working on this. If there is a sort of a phase two, we're still covered under five years. Well, then we'll just go right to comprehensive. Whereas if we do Invisalign first, we have a situation where we only have trays for about like 18 months. So I may not be able to solve it all or do everything in 18 months. So I will be more likely to do the the comprehensive route. And I did learn that, okay, of course, by the way, uh, from Dr. Stephen Chalk, and he, of course, has the courses with Clearly Aligned, and that is something as well will be uh, very beneficial to you if you're sort of working on children who are, um, or on patients that are younger. Okay, so because this is a podcast, I can't really show you how I treated this case or how I am treating this case. However, um, one of the things that I did is I created a lot of expansion, particularly again with, with with a child, you can do a little bit more expansion. It is happening at a very slow rate and she does not have to wear her trays all day, uh, 24 hours. She can wear them if she was having a compliance issue. I don't, don't think she is. She could be wearing them just after school and then till the next day, but we do not have any problem with compliance with this patient. And we are again, making huge strides in just making the arch forms wider. There's some things, of course, we put in the clincheck and that's where I would, I guess I would probably recommend taking Steven's course on the, uh, mixed dentition. That would be a great idea. But that being said, we have, you know, overcorrected for deep bite. I have re, um, allowed, I did not do elastics at this point, again, because she still has like a large overjet. When you expand an arch form greatly on a child, there's, and the mandible is no longer trapped, you can get um, some natural growth and advancement of the lower jaw. So that's just going to happen. So we're going to, when we get through the first sleeve of trays, we're going to be assessing that. Um, but you know, just really, uh, allowing the, the jaw to come forward and just expanding the arch forms and, uh, creating space on either side of the primary canine. So what I did is I leave about a 0.5 millimeters of space on either side uh, of the canine 
And that allows for the new permanent canine when it does come in uh, to come up a little, like kind of have more room because we know that they're, they're going to be bigger. So we want to do that. So like I said, the dental monitoring allows us to track everything that's happening. I did double the number of aligners. So she has about 55 trays, which of course is going to, she can change uh, once a week. Children can change even slower, but again, depending on how much they're wearing it, but it can be every week, every two weeks. And I'd have to honestly check this one, but in nine months, we've seen a huge change in her overbite and also her arch form and just more so her symptoms. And in sleep medicine, one of the things now they're starting to, not starting, this is not new, but um, is, is being more, uh, you know, felt as a, as a way to measure success is just, is the patient doing better? Like you don't need them to take another sleep test, especially if you're talking about a child this size, but you would just really check in with the mom, you know, like monitor her. And, oh, there's one thing I did forget. And I will always tell parents to take a video of your child snoring, uh, or how they're sleeping and if they're stopping breathing or if they're snoring really loudly record that and use that uh give that to the ENT because you can say tell an ENT and again some of them may be more in tune with this than others but you know oh they snore a lot well by how much and how does it sound and what is it like and that will either persuade the ENT to be more you know um you know, feel, t- take it more seriously. They may just want to watch them and like monitor their growth and the size of their tonsillar tissue. But if they see and, and actually can witness this child sleeping through a video that the parent has taken, then it can be a huge value and hopefully get the child to, you know, we've done so many cases like that where the parents did that and the ENT was a lot more receptive. So that's again, a little tip that I kind of forgot. But generally, this is how I treat this, and I would normally not probably start this early uh, with a child, but when it comes to sleep and airway, I think it's absolutely crucial, and this is something you can be doing in your practice, and of course, if it's not, you know, you can refer it to the orthodontist, and just nice to have, pick an orthodontist that you think is going to be receptive and want to start early. I have referred, uh, over the years, sometimes I refer to an orthodontist for different things, especially this age, and really nothing was done. They didn't, they didn't really pick up on the airway. They're not airway-focused doctors. They are just like, oh, you know, am I going to, how long is it going to take me to move all the teeth in the right place? I might as well just wait until, you know, the more teeth are erupted. Well, this is not what this is about. This is about airway. So we're not going to care so much about getting it all done in two years. We're, we know there's probably going to be two phases and it's important to act early and to communicate with your orthodontist or have yourself trained to be able and feel comfortable to start this case early and then again it might be a holding period and then kind of finish it off when all the teeth are in so i really hope that was helpful i again always reach out to me especially on instagram at dr peggy bound and i i really want to hear you know if you're doing something similar or if you felt this was helpful and again share it with another uh, colleague that you think could benefit from this and that is just that just sort of helps me feel like all this hard work sometimes goes uh, to the right place so thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time
Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to to listen to this podcast. And again, hopefully I inspired you in some way. If you feel this was helpful or you have any colleagues that you think would really maybe enjoy some, some of the content like this, we're going to be here every week. And I would so appreciate it if you would subscribe to my channel and also share this little discovery of this new podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you do want to reach me, you can certainly find me through my social media channels, Dr. Peggy Bound or Peggy Bound Dentistry, and or you can reach me on my email, peggy at smilesbybound.com.